Hello and welcome to Shay Hanny, the podcast empowering women to make creative career change. In each episode, I interview an inspiring woman who has taken a risk and made a significant career change in order to make their life work better for them. In this inaugural episode, I'm going to share my own story. I've written about it in detail on my Substack page, also called Shay Hanny, but here I will give an overview of what drove me to give up my well-paid teaching job to set up my own business as an interior designer. I'm Hannah, I'm 38 and I live in London with my husband. I've been a teacher for the past 16 years. At school, I was interested in music. I played in several bands and ensembles and I was keen that that might be something that I could do more seriously. Although in reality, at the age of 17 or 18, I didn't really take life very seriously and I just did whatever felt right at the time. I guess maybe I regret some aspects of that thinking back to it now, but at the time I just did what felt right. And at that time, playing the saxophone, being with my friends, having a good time was what I enjoyed. So I decided that I was going to go and study music. And that's what I did. I went to university and I studied music and it was fine and I enjoyed it and I made good friends and I played and stuff. But I think at that time I realised that there was lots of people around me who were more talented than me as musicians. Sure, I had my own talents, but there were people out there who were much better at playing the piano than me that could sing in a way that I just couldn't even imagine. And gradually I managed to find my thing, which became composing. I was quite successful at that and I wrote several pieces which people seemed to enjoy and that was I got a buzz from that. So I left university in 2006 with some idea that composing might be something that I could do. But even then, I'm not sure that I felt that it was something that I could really make a career out of. Perhaps that was my imposter syndrome speaking. Sadly, that never really went away. Anyway, 2006, I had to decide what I was going to do when I left university and at that time it was possible to train as a teacher and receive a bursary. That seemed like a good idea, so I thought. So I signed up, um, went down to London, did my PGCE, which is a postgraduate certificate of education in secondary school music teaching. I was paid about £9,000, I think, as a, as a tax-free bursary Um which, you know, you can only dream of such things these days in the UK. Um, But I did that and it allowed me to live in London for a year. I trained as a teacher and I did placements in schools and it was fine. I I could do it. I was certainly capable. I enjoyed it um, to some extent and, you know, it allowed me to earn some money. Seemed like a reasonable thing to do. So I qualified as a teacher in 2007 but I still wasn't particularly satisfied that this was my real calling but I did know that it would allow me to earn some money so at some point in the spring of 2007 whilst I was also applying for jobs for teaching I simultaneously applied to do a master's at a music conservatoire in London I decided that I 
would quite like to study composition further and perhaps there was a way of doing that part-time alongside um, teaching and qualifying fully as a teacher because in the UK although you do your teaching uh, year you're not fully qualified until you've actually worked in a school for a year full-time. So I, I applied to a course at Trinity Lab and Conservatoire of Music in uh, in Greenwich in South East London got accepted onto that course it was a three-year part-time course and at the same time I found a part-time teaching job at a school um, fairly nearby so I was able to do both things qualified as a teacher worked really hard for those three years because I had to um, manage my time incredibly carefully um, teaching obviously is very fixed and you have to be in the in a certain place at a certain time um, whereas the university life uh, of a master's student was was quite different so managing those deadlines I think actually taught me a lot of very very useful skills which um, which I think I've, I've used a huge amount in my life since then perhaps didn't realize the importance of them at the time and I love my time doing the Masters. I felt like I was it was the most creative version of me that there perhaps has ever been. Um, I got to write some fantastic music, working with amazing musicians. And I got to put on some concerts, which I really, really enjoyed doing. That was probably one of the highlights of, um, of, of that particular course was not just writing the music and hearing it performed but giving being given ownership of organizing concerts and um and planning everything about them really from the music and the musical content to the lighting and to the the, the way it was presented and we worked quite closely with a lot of uh, choreographers and, and dancers at uh, the Laban school of dance which was amazing and i made some great uh friends and and made good relationships with with people that I worked with um, afterwards so it was really really great experience but in some ways it perhaps didn't mimic the real life um, nature in the world of a composer which sadly um, is not one of making an easy living and so in 2010 when I, I finished that course I changed my teaching job and ended up working a school for four days a week so I upped my hours it paid a bit more money which was helpful because living in London is certainly not cheap um, but I still had a bit of time to be working on my my composing which I did for a while but I don't think I really stuck at it again the imposter syndrome probably crept in and I think that during that time I just got sucked into the life of being in a school I worked in a nice school um, in central London it was a, a, a small um, independent girls school um, and it was lovely I met some really nice people and made lots of friends that I'm, I've stayed in touch with ever since and I have really fond memories of it but what it also did I think is it sort of killed off my um, work as a composer because and I made that choice I, I ended up slipping into this um, realm of teaching enjoying the holidays enjoying having a regular salary and the composing just sort of steadily um stopped sadly and then after that working in that job i enjoyed lots of things about the teaching but where i was there was not likely to be an opportunity to move up the ladder to become head of department and so I started after a few years looking around at uh, other places, other schools where I might be able to um, 
take on more responsibility. And in 2014, I, uh, I got a job as director of music in, in another school, a bigger school. Um, and I worked there for nine years and, and that was my most recent teaching job. When I started, I was incredibly ambitious and I, I um, you know, worked so hard. I would stay late. I'd be organising uh, many concerts and events. And actually, I, I enjoyed lots of parts of that. I think that links back to what I said about when I was doing my um, composing masters. Um, so there were many things that I enjoyed about it, but I managed a large team of people. I had, um, I think I had five sort of full-time classroom teachers in my department. And then I had... Um, 18 visiting music teachers who are sort of self-employed um teachers that come and do one-to-one lessons with pupils and lovely lovely colleagues that i work with but that's quite a difficult um sort of uh employee to manage because they're not really employees of the school um but they're also not fully self-employed so that that brought some challenges with it which really did make my job quite stressful at times um anyway so I did that for a while and I earned really good money for what I was doing and that was nice and it enabled us to um you know buy a bigger house and um and do some renovation work but in the course of doing that the renovation work I discovered my desire um for in or my love of interior design and I think I started to realise, and I think the pandemic was also a big catalyst for me, as I suspect is the case for lots of people out there. Um, spending a lot of time at home made me realise how much I really enjoyed being at home and wanted to be able to spend more time at home. And sadly, my incredibly busy term time job meant that you know I'd leave the house at 7am, often wouldn't get home till 6, 7pm, depending on what was going on. I was just exhausted when I got home. My you know, brain was good for nothing. I didn't have those creative thoughts anymore that I once did. And I just felt like I was in this cycle that I couldn't escape and I couldn't get out of. I think at the end of 2019, I was starting to feel this way then, even before the pandemic kicked in, um, and looking for other other jobs. And I you know, applied for a couple of assistant head jobs, things that were kind of me going up the ladder within a school because I felt like the thing that you should do if you worked in a school and you were head of department that the next logical step is to become an assistant head or a deputy head I guess work your way up to becoming a head teacher um and I started putting some of those applications together I think I did actually apply for one or two jobs um and I think in the course of doing that I just realized that that wasn't me that was the sort of least creative version of me and I didn't want to do that I didn't want to be on call all the time and then when the pandemic happened I think I realized the responsibility of those kinds of roles my sister at the time was um was head of the pre-prep section of a school she was on the senior leadership team during the pandemic and it was it was hellish for her because she was constantly having to do zoom calls and making huge decisions about things that were happening within the school and I, I think that was the thing that made me just think I don't want that that's that's not for me that doesn't allow me to be the creative version of myself that I want to be um but of course the pandemic happening meant that it was hard to make those changes at that point so I think I put a lot of those feelings on hold buried them a little bit but then the start of this year I think January was a real turning point for me where I felt quite low 
I felt quite unhappy in my job. It was the relentlessness of it. Um, that time of year is hard, I think, for everyone. If you if you work um, long hours and you have to leave the house, then the winter is hard because I, you know, I'd leave the house in the dark, come home in the dark. I just felt like I never really saw saw my house um, that I'd carefully renovated and lovingly curated with lovely things that I um, wanted to be around. So January came and I finally signed up for an interior design course that I'd been looking at online. Um, I'd even emailed them, um, the, the the institution that offers the course. I'd emailed them. I found an email was from 18 months earlier um, asking some questions about the course. And I felt really stupid when I found those emails because I thought 18 months ago I was inquiring about this and I didn't do anything about it. And actually, if I had have done something about it, signed up for this course at that point, 18 months down the line, I probably would have finished it and had made some changes. So that that was a real, I think, seeing that, that I'd dithered, that I'd put off doing a thing that I wanted to do, made me really consider that I needed to do it now. The time was now and I just needed to do it. Um, so I did. I signed up for the course. I think it was the 29th of January, um, 2023. Signed up for this course. It was online. Um, you could do it at your own pace. Do it in your own time. So there was no real time limit on it other than it had to be completed within three years. And so I signed up and it was great. I had this focus um, of something to do but I think what that really did spark in me was the realization that I needed to get out of my job um, this was like the the door opening a small crack um, and showing me a, a, a glimmer of what was out there that I could do other than being in school um, and it, it really opened my eyes to to what I might do so that that was the beginning and I think after a lot of unhappy um days at work where I felt like I was in a, a relentless cycle and I couldn't give up my well-paid job because what would I do how would we pay the bills etc etc I went around in those circles for a, a long time but it won't surprise anybody to hear that the thing that made the difference was talking to people about it I'd kept so much of this I think in my own mind and once I did really start to talk to my husband about it, talk to my family about it, it became clear that there was another way um, and that money was, earning enough money to pay the bills, to pay the mortgage was obviously important, well, necessary. But on top of that, we could manage. So we, you know, we sat down and we worked out what do we need? What, what is vital? Um, I also couldn't leave my job at the earliest um, until, uh, well, until July, which would mean I'd be paid for the summer holidays. I'd be paid um, through August. So it meant that if I was going to make that decision, I could try and save as much money um, up until the point where I did leave that job and left that salary behind. So we worked out a plan. We worked out a plan that we could manage on less money. Um, and my husband suggested, it was a very sensible suggestion, I don't know why I didn't think of it, but he, he thought of it, that rather than giving up teaching altogether, looking for a part-time teaching job that perhaps didn't have the, the same amount of um, responsibility with it would be a sensible way forward because it would allow me 
to earn a reasonable amount of money in the two or three days that I, I was teaching and it would be secure. I'd have a pension. I would know that that money was coming in and equally I'd still have the school holidays so that would help me in my uh, freelance time and I think it just sort of spiralled from there I um, I looked for jobs it took a while to find the right job um, and I did have to take a bit of a risk and you can read more about that actually on my Substack page um, as a four instalment Uh, there are four installments of pieces that you can read on my career change story which goes through a lot of what I've I've just mentioned now but perhaps in a little bit more detail um, and maybe with a bit less waffle Um, so if you're interested I I would urge you to to go and read those because you may find that um, of interest and, and there's a bit more detail there especially about my motivation for doing interior design anyway I found a different job um eventually and here I am now it's um it's nearly the end of September and I'm coming towards the end of my fourth week um in my part-time teaching job where I work three days a week as a classroom music teacher in the secondary school um and I'm just a teacher I I I don't have to manage um lots of I don't have to manage anybody apart from myself and I plan my lessons I teach my lessons I help with uh, rehearsals for the school musical after school on a Thursday but other than that I don't I didn't do anything else and it's quite full-on it actually surprised me how full-on those days are because I teach a lot more than I did in my previous role because I had um, management responsibilities but my days sort of whiz by and they have a very very clear focus and a clear purpose and as long as I'm organized with planning my lessons um, I know what I'm doing and that works quite well and on the other days Wednesdays and Fridays that's when I'm working on my interior design business so in April I launched um, a website I decided that in order to launch this business I needed to start it before I finished in my old job so that as I was leaving that job I had something that I could um, or somewhere that I could direct people to um, to look at my work so um, around Easter time just after I'd I'd handed in my notice for my teaching job um, over the Easter holidays I set about um, designing and making my own website to um, showcase my interior design work. A lot of it to begin with was based on um, things that I'd done in my own home and for friends and family and that was my portfolio and I built that website and then I made sure I got things like some business cards so that as I was when I was leaving my, my old job I could hand those things out to people, I could direct people in the direction of where my work was and I thought that was a good way of transitioning and um, and also allowing me to believe that this was something that I was doing, I was really doing it. I had a website, I had business cards, it meant it was real. Um, and then so over the summer, whilst I was not teaching, had a nice long summer holiday, uh, six weeks, um, And during that time, I worked incredibly hard to uh, focus my attention on on building that business, looking at advertising. Um, I managed to get a few clients quite quickly, which was surprising, but um, a a pleasant surprise. 
some off the back of um, people that I knew, so friends of friends. Um, and then gradually a few clients were started to come in that were not people that I knew or knew of. So at the moment, my Wednesdays and Fridays are spent doing a mixture of things. Um, I work quite a bit on my interior design work, so um, completing work for clients and other business related things, advertising, um, improving my website, social media, all of those kinds of things. Um, but I also use those days sometimes to do some tutoring. Um, I teach some uh, GCSE and A-level students just one-to-one -one online. Um, I do a little bit of piano teaching one-to-one. -one. I started the Substack relatively recently. And so sometimes I will use my time on Wednesdays and Fridays to write uh, posts and articles, record podcasts. Um, and ultimately, I think that those two days, the Wednesday and the Friday, speaking at this point, which is relatively early on into my career change journey, um, those two days give me a sense of, of variety and freedom that I really didn't have before. And... Although I'm not earning yet um, the same amount of money from freelance work as I was in my old salary, I feel like I've got something to kind of build towards. I've got a focus. I've got a goal. And everything I do on those days is working towards trying to build my business for me. And it feels really quite empowering doing something that is is for me. It's not I'm not working for somebody else. Uh, I'm not building somebody else's business. I'm doing something which ultimately um, results in success for me, I guess. Um, and that's quite a strange feeling, but it's a really, really nice feeling. And I think if I hadn't pushed myself out of my comfort zone, I wouldn't be in this position right now. Part of the reason why... I decided that I wanted to make this podcast is because in the process of my trying to work out what I wanted to do career-wise and how I could change my job without it being incredibly disruptive um, to my life and finances, um, I think I realised that hearing other people's stories was something that inspired me and spurred me on. But I didn't hear that many other people's stories. Um, and so I felt that if I could provide a platform where I could share those stories um, of other people, particularly women who had taken a leap for whatever reason. And actually, some of the women that I'm going to be speaking to on my podcast um, haven't necessarily made a career change because they it was just what they felt like doing for some of them they've made a career change out of some kind of necessity um, because of their particular circumstances or family family situation and so I'm interested to explore that further because that's a kind of different uh, subset of, of reasons why somebody might need to uh, make a change in their career but also very very interesting um and I hope that by publishing these podcasts and sharing these stories, it might just inspire and help others who might be out there and feeling like I did um, a year ago, where I just wasn't sure 
where to go next, what to do next. Maybe hearing those stories will help people to carve a plan, carve out a path that works for you, um, to break it down. Because I think that is ultimately so important when you're making any kind of big change in your life. Um, It's tempting to want to just do everything instantly. But in reality, it's much better to break down into sort of manageable chunks what it is that you're trying to achieve and then to really assess how can I get there um, so for me that was that was thinking well I can't give up a, a regular job 100% to start with but if I did reduce my hours it would allow me time to at least assess what it was that I wanted to do as well as building my business but that headspace is so important so sometimes if you can if you can allow yourself some time by freeing up a day or two days or even half a day to start with by perhaps going part-time in your job you may find that that just gives you the headspace that you need in order to figure out the next step so I think that isn't something that will work for everybody I appreciate but If it is something that's possible for you to do in your work, that's certainly a good first step to consider. And then if you can free up a little bit of extra time, perhaps you already know what it is that you're going to do with that time. So like me, I kind of knew um, fairly early on that I wanted to make a go of an interior design business. But if you're not sure, freeing up that time potentially just gives you some space to explore some different things. So that could be um, going on a course or it could be attending some workshops. It could be just taking those days or that time that you've got to get into contact with people doing a range of jobs that you think you might be interested in and and asking if you can buy them a coffee and going and, and just chatting to them for half an hour. Because sometimes by talking to somebody who does a job, um, that can just give you the insight that you might want to find out whether that really is something that you want to do. It's easy, we probably all do this, it's easy to think, oh, that job over there sounds so much more interesting than my own. But it's also important to find out what the realities of that are. And the best way to do that is through talking to somebody that that does that job or has been doing it for a, a reasonable period of time. So I think freeing up that time Um, however small amount it is and the headspace will allow you to kind of formulate some kind of plan going forward and then maybe the next steps become clearer um, one at a time as you kind of get your head around it and I think for me that's that's essentially what I'm doing I've I've come a reasonable distance um, and I have no regrets right now Um, I do earn less money that's probably the the biggest uh, downside to all of this but it doesn't it isn't bothering me um, I've made some changes to the way that I live we live um, don't go out for dinner as much as we used to and things like that but they're all things that when you're busy and your brain is is occupied by things that you want it to be occupied by you don't really miss too much um, and so I think it makes it worthwhile. So you, you know, you you may have to have to cut back on some things, but it's it's weighing up what is important to you and what you can manage with and without um, in order to facilitate something else happening. Hopefully, something more positive. 
So I do hope that the stories I'm going to be sharing over the coming weeks and months will inspire others to maybe just step out of their comfort zone and explore something that maybe is just a a seed of an idea in your own mind at the moment, but to maybe have the confidence or start to have the confidence to act on it, to explore it a little bit further, small steps. Um, But I hope that this podcast series will really help and inspire um, some creative change. So that's it for today. Um, But over the coming weeks, I'll be sharing some amazing stories with some fabulous women um, who have kindly agreed to speak to me. Um, And I really hope that you find it to be interesting and inspiring. Thank you. And I'll speak soon. Hannah.